Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. I am super happy that you're here with me today. Today's episode is titled, So Not Fair. And we're going to talk about how unfair life can seem at times and why it's important to not get stuck there in the feeling of, this isn't fair. What's going on here? But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. And we're gonna, as always, use scripture and quotes to kind of hopefully reshape our thinking on this whole fairness game. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, The reason this was on my mind is uh, twofold, really. One, I met with another writer a couple weeks ago, and we were chatting. And uh, in the course of the time that we were spending together, she was telling me her process. And let me tell you, she spends so much less time than I do (laughs) on things. And I was thinking, whoa, I really put a lot of work into this, like way more work. And it has taken me a lot longer to get where I'm at. And so initially, my thoughts went to, this is so not fair. But over the course of the next days and and weeks, I realized, you know what? God has his own plan for my life in his own plan for the other writer's life. And who am I to say, this is fair or not fair? I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to keep doing my thing, running my race, and not worry about it. Well, not long after that, uh, a good friend of mine um, had a diagnosis. And believe it or not, the diagnosis was that she needed to exercise. (laughs) And she was super frustrated because she didn't want to hear that. And it reminded me of a time when I got the same diagnosis. I was like five months pregnant with my first, I believe. And I had gone to my midwives and I was gaining a lot of weight after going four months without gaining a pound. When I came in for my next month's checkup, I had gained 10 pounds. And I remember my midwife saying to me, you know, Amber, you really got to slow down on this whole weight gain thing. I know that you, you know, were really sick for the first months, but now you're really packing on the pounds and you don't want to gain 10 pounds, you know, every month here on out that that'll be hard. So she said, why don't you start walking every day? And that way, you know, you can get your um, energy back up and you can kind of taper off the weight gain. And I remember going home and I was so angry. I was like, 
I have been so sick. And so what? I gained 10 pounds. I'm five months pregnant. Lots of people have gained 10 pounds when they're this far along in their pregnancy. But you know, her advice was the best advice ever. Because even though I was angry at her, I took her advice and I started going for walks every day, um, weather permitting, of course. And, you know, I was in great shape and I actually was able to lose the weight pretty quickly after my first um, because of that. So even though my initial response was, that's so unfair. I mean, I've been sick. I don't want to hear. You should, you know, walk it off and and not be so lazy and whatever. Um, You know, it was great advice. And that's what I told my friend who got this diagnosis recently. I said, you know, it may not have been what you wanted to hear, but who knows what God's plan is and how he's going to use this in terms of, you know, what if you end up meeting a really good friend working out or who knows? So when it comes to the whole idea of life not being fair, what we have to remember is that we're not seeing the whole picture. We see a little tiny speck. We see our deal, what's in front of us, what we can see. But God sees the whole picture. And he has a different game plan for us than he has for anybody else. So let's look at a couple of people in the Bible. Job is the one that probably comes to mind, first of all, for most of us, because, listen, Job was a righteous man. He was following God and doing what was right, and he was giving to the needy, and he was making sure that his heart was pure. He wasn't looking at other women. He was he was doing the right thing. And really, Satan challenged God that the only reason Job was doing it was because God always blessed him. And Job said, you know, if you didn't bless him so much, Job surely wouldn't follow you. And so God said, well, let's see. And he allowed Satan to just devastate Job's life. Is that fair? Well, you know, you might say, no, it's not fair. But guess what? God was able to see wholly into Job's heart. When everything was stripped away, Job was still willing to follow him. Not so with Job's wife. Job's wife, man, she, nope, curse God and die. I don't don't want anything to do with this anymore. If this is how God is going to treat us, I'm done with him. But Job stayed steadfast, and God was able to see in his heart. Um, What about Jeremiah? You know, the prophet Jeremiah was really mistreated throughout his time being a prophet. And if anybody had reason to complain, and he did, by the way, Jeremiah did complain, and God put a stop to that pretty quickly and said, you're not going to talk like that, Jeremiah. That's that's not how this is going to go. I have a lot of work for you to do, so you're going to have to just utter good and wise words, not worthless words. But, um, you know, Jeremiah kept doing his job, even though he was very mistreated, And, of course, the rescue came at the end. Ezekiel is another one. Ezekiel was over in Babylon at the same time that Daniel was, and his wife was the delight of his life. And God said, your wife is going to be a sign to the rest of the Israelites as you love her. 
so they love the temple in Jerusalem, and I'm going to take your wife. She's going to die. And in the same way, I'm going to destroy the temple in Jerusalem. See, I don't want the temple to be the object of my people's delight. I want to be the object of my people's delight. I want all their affection. And you can say, wait a second. Who would want to work for God if he takes the love of your life and uses it as an object lesson? Um, guys, hold on. Going to heaven is not a consolation prize. Ezekiel's wife was going to be with the Lord forever. And in a relatively short time, Ezekiel would be with her too. We tend to put a lot of effort, energy, um, weight into our time on earth. We like to build our kingdom here, but never ever in scripture are we encouraged to do so. God never says, hey, make the, um, make the source of your happiness here on earth so that you can have a really fantastic, blessed life. That is not what scripture tells us. Scripture tells us this is a journey, and our home is in heaven, and we have a Father who loves us. We have a Son who died on the cross for us. We have the Holy Spirit who is working continually in our hearts for us. So we just have to trust what God is putting in our life, and we have to trust his motive and his means even when it seems incredibly unfair. How about Jesus? Do you remember when Jesus healed the lepers and he said to them, don't tell anybody, just go show yourself to the priest and and don't tell anybody. But instead, they spoke freely to everybody. Hey, Jesus healed me. Can you believe it? I'm free. I am no longer full of leprosy. And because of that, we're told that Jesus could no longer enter a town, but he had to spend his time in lonely places. Was that fair? Jesus was being good to someone. And because of the goodness of his heart, and because he had mercy on people full of leprosy, he had to suffer the consequences of not being able to be around a lot of people. Because anytime he went into town, everybody brought their sick to him. He was happy to heal the sick, but he didn't want to spend all of his time healing the sick. He wanted time with his disciples teaching. He wanted time to share his purpose of being on earth with other people like that woman at the well. He wanted to seek and to save those who are lost. So he couldn't spend every waking moment dealing with the people who were sick. That wasn't his whole mission on earth. Remember when Peter denied Jesus and then Jesus reinstated him? So they were on the shores of um, the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus had made the fish um, on the coals for breakfast. And the disciples came in. And Jesus asked Peter three times if he loved him. And Peter answered that he had, and Jesus said, great, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And afterwards, as Peter and Jesus are walking away, Jesus is telling him that about the death that he's going to experience. He's going to be crucified just as Jesus was. 
And Peter said, well, what about him? Meaning John. And Jesus said to him, Peter, what is that to you? As in, don't worry about it. It's almost as if you could hear Peter saying, that's not fair. Why am I going to be crucified if he doesn't have to be crucified? And by the end of Peter's life, we see he had none of that. When he was crucified, he, legend says, was crucified upside down because he did not even feel worthy to be crucified in the same manner that Jesus was. So that whole concept of comparison and finding out life isn't fair is really just a pointless endeavor. We really just have to live the life that God has planned for us, serve him to the best of our abilities, and not worry about anyone else. Mary Doria Russell said, Rain falls on everyone, lightning strikes some. What cannot be changed is best forgotten. God made the world, and he saw that it was good. Not fair, not happy, not perfect, good. And initially, when God made the world, it was perfect. (laughs) But when sin entered the world, then that whole concept of fairness, that all went out the window. That, that's gone until we get to heaven and justice is served. But on earth, it, there will never be the fairness that we're longing for and looking for because we live in a sinful world. Andy Stanley said, Is Christianity fair? It is certainly not fair to God. Christians believe that God sent his son to die for your sins and mine. Fairness would demand that we die for our own sins. Isn't that the truth? Man, when we talk about things not being fair, how is it fair that Jesus suffered for us? That's the ultimate unfairness, that Jesus was willing to pay the penalty for what we have done. If Jesus was treated unfairly, why in the world would we think that we should experience fairness all the time? Well, because we're sinful, and that's what we want, right? (laughs) But we have to change our thinking on that because it's not going to happen here on earth. The last quote I want to share with you is from Dennis Holy, and it says, If you expect the world to be fair with you because you are fair, you're fooling yourself. That's like expecting the lion not to eat you because you didn't eat him. Expecting the world to treat you fairly because you are good is like expecting the bull not to charge because you are a vegetarian. Man, that puts it in perspective, doesn't it? We can't order this whole world to act so that it's fair to us. I'll tell you what. I look at my life and I see that I am very blessed. And that in and of itself is not fair. I am far more blessed than Christians living on the other side of the world. They wake up and they face persecution. I can worship freely. A lot of them have had um, to be taken away from their families. They've had to run from their families because their families persecute them. In some parts of the world, families don't have the resources for clean drinking water or food to meet their needs every day. How is it fair that I am sitting in a house with cupboards full of food 
when they are somewhere else and they can't feed their family? How is that fair? When I really look at life, it seems to me that I've gotten the better side of fair and that I have very little to complain about. This is little things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Please remember to like and share this message and subscribe to this podcast. And also, please support Time of Grace with your prayers and your financial contributions.